This is Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. A podcast from Red Hog Publications. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Look out, here comes Red Pub Pod. This is our introductory show. We're trying to give you an idea of what we've been doing at Red Hog Publications. So now we've created this podcast called Red Pub Pod. And it is a way that we can communicate to you all the wonderful things that's going on. We have our project coordinator, Patty Thompson, and our editor-in-chief, Robert Knipe, here. And we're all going to be part of this in one way or another from episode to episode. So I guess the thing we should start off with is how this all got started. And it really goes back to a hands-on history program we had where we did a documentary with students called Speedbird, the history of Piedmont Airlines. And that gave us a product. Then our second outing was both a book and a documentary about the 1944 polio epidemic. That's where Professor Knipe comes in because he was the one to pull all of the various, I think there were like 14 essays, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, that people had that they submitted. Some of them were faculty. Some of them were community people. And you took that and turned it into... Polio pitchforks and perseverance. Right. Well, basically, you already had assembled all of the members of of the people who were going to write for the book. Uh, Basically, what I did was I came in when I heard rumors that you were going to be charged five or six thousand dollars to publish the book, and I knew for a fact that you could do it for nothing because of print-on-demand technology. So that's when I contacted you and uh, said I can I can do that for you if you uh, will let me join the project. (laughs) And so in 2017, we did. Yeah, we pulled together, uh, I think it was 13 out of 16 essays. We had some that dropped off, but we wound up with 13. uh, A fully illustrated book that goes along with the documentary that uh, has stuff in it that the documentary doesn't have, and the documentary has things in it that the book doesn't have. So when you get both of them together, you've got uh, a complete product that covers the 1944 polio epidemic. And that was basically the product that uh, led to us thinking that there's more stories out here to tell uh, like this if we just had a uh, system put in place to do it. And at that point, we hit on the bright idea of doing it regularly, And we came up with this mission that said, we're here to create information for our service area. So is that our readership? Yeah, I believe so. And uh, I believe that it can also serve people who aren't in this area, people who may be looking to move into this area or people who may be interested in uh, doing business into this area. Because the second project we worked on was a book called Newton Then and Now, which we put together with a... uh, a local historian, Sylvia Kid Ray, and photographs from our uh, students uh, here in the uh, photography program. And it gave a nice little snapshot of Newton, what Newton was, what Newton is now. And uh, it works as a good little welcoming agent. So um, you're not only educating the folks here in the area about where they live, but also we're letting people see in, you know, through the window if they'd like to come in and join us. And we also did the... um the Henry River Project, both in hardcover and softcover, with poetry from Tim Peeler, our resident poet on campus, you know, until he retired, and uh, Joe Young, who's the head of our photography program here. Yeah, that was really that was really the second project. Um, 
not as uh, difficult to, to do as the, uh, as the Newton book was. But uh, it was a nice little thing that we wanted to kind of freeze the idea of the Henry River Mill Village because it was something that had been there since the turn of the 20th century. And uh, at the time that we were working on the project and, and Tim was writing the poetry and uh, uh, Joe was taking the photographs, it was in it was in disrepair. It had been basically abandoned, and vandals and uh, entropy was basically eradicating it from the face of the earth. So we took these pictures and did these poems as kind of like an adieu, you know, see you later. Nice to have known you because yeah. you're not going to be here much longer. And we were overjoyed to find out that a, a businessman from Florida had come up to this area and had purchased the property, and it was kind of synchronicitous that. Uh, you know, our books came out at the same time he purchased the property. And now Henry River Mill Village is a thriving destination heritage project here in uh, the area to uh, where our books are sold in his gift shop. And uh, people can go and pay to stay there and uh, get married there and things like that. So I like to think in some ways that we, uh, we help boost that and help make that happen. Because that's part of our mission is to try to help the culture of the area flower and people to see it. Exactly. To tell stories that people might not be aware of and to shine interest on things that otherwise might uh, disappear from the uh, from the zeitgeist unless we shine a spotlight on them. And there's a lot of unknown culture, at least not known to the masses, and that's what we were trying to do. And we had the good fortune of beginning to have a lot of projects, which meant that Robert and I were swamped with this, and we saw the need to have somebody help us with the projects from beginning to end, and that's when Patty Thompson joined us in November of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Yep, I was that COVID hire. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to point out something. I remember when I when we were at our book fair in this fall, I met somebody who was traveling across the state. She had purchased the Henry River Mill Village cookbook because she was into the Hunger Games. So, you know, it's kind of interesting when you talk about who reads our books, who our readership is. It's not just local, especially when it comes to Henry River, because there are some people there um, that visit based on that successful series. Yeah, I guess they're coming every day to see that. But hopefully we steep them a little more in the actual history via Tim's poetry and um, where it, what it once looked like with Joe's photography. Yeah. And thanks for mentioning that cookbook because that's another important aspect of this program is, you know, there was two products that came out of Henry River Mill Village because of the fact that, uh, you know, we had done those books and and um, the, the, the people who were involved with it said, you know, hey, there's all these different things that, that went on down here, you know, for all these years. So, and someone mentioned a cookbook, and lo and behold, over the course of you know six or eight months or so, we were able to put together a uh, an old-fashioned comb-bound cookbook that looks like one of your church cookbooks with full-color photographs done by our CVCC photography students again. And uh, Calvin Reyes was the chef. He made some of the recipes. We've had those photographed. Most beautiful picture of butter biscuits you've ever seen in your life. Worth the price of the cookbook for just that. Just for that. That's right. And so there's a lot of different um, aspects to highlighting the area. You've got the historical, but you've also got a lot of other tales that need to get told. And so far, we've been able to engage with some rather interesting people. 
I guess, uh, from a business point of view, you got guys like Leroy Lale, who was a pretty much a legend in terms of entrepreneurial development within the furniture retail industry here. He's done three books with us. Three books, right. Uh, his own memoir, which is uh, Win Win. Then we did a 60th anniversary edition of the um, Hickory Furniture Mart, which he was able to turn from a wholesale outlet that people visited twice a year to a retail outlet that pulls in thousands every weekend on uh, an ongoing basis. And he also uh, helped us with a book on a property that he owns that was one of the first houses, one of the first houses that's still here, uh, the Boss Burris House. So we've got that. Um, and we've got things like personal memoirs with Rick Van Deck coming to us, just kind of out of the blue, right? That was the first book I really worked on when I started with you guys. That was the first project from inception to publishing. So that I kind of got a good baptism by fire with Rick's project. And fortunately for all of us, it was written. So <laughs> a lot of times we get people that are curious about what we do and they're curious to submit their manuscripts and sometimes they're not ready or they're not quite there with Rick. Not only did he call us and say, I'd like to publish with you, but the good news was it was already written and it was written well. And it was within about six weeks, we had it from our initial phone call to a laid out manuscript. It was amazing. And it, it really did overwhelm all of us in terms of how quickly it was done but it exceeded Rick's expectations. He was thrilled. Yeah, that was a project that if it had not been for COVID and we were all at home, uh, we could have had that done within a month <laughs> because the fact that we could not get to certain uh, places and certain things on a quick on a quick basis, that kind of added two or three weeks to that project. But I was amazed at how quickly that came together. Yeah. That was great. And he was very, very close to spending his own personal money with a vanity publisher to do that. And that's one of the things that this program is designed to do is to help these folks bring their uh, intellectual property to market without having to invest a lot of money. The first dollar that a person will spend with this program will be for a copy of their product when they uh, when when the product is finished. So there's no upfront costs like there are with vanity publishers and things like that. So that made Rick very happy. He was so close to writing a check for $6,000 to self-publish. And as he was determining whether or not he was going to sign this check, he looked on his bookcase, and that's where he saw the polio book mm. that, that you guys wrote. And he picked it up, and he looked at the back, and it said Red Hawk Publications, and he did a little research and realized it was us. That's how we ended up getting his phone call. And the so. most important aspect of that story is that's that's that much more money that he was able to realize for his charities of Exodus and uh, the uh, Hickory Soup Kitchen. So instead of having to wait to reimburse himself for his expenses, he could go right out of the gate uh, giving to a charitable cause. And that opens some interesting doors in terms of what we do in that he was the first, but so far not the last, to direct the proceeds from what he makes on that book to charities. And the Veterans Organization is part of that too, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yes. I see Rick every once in a while photographing the Hickory Daily Record, and there he'll be giving a check to one of the, you know, one of the charities, either to you know, the uh, Veterans thing or Exodus or one of them. And I just think, you know, what a marvelous thing that we're able to do that 
uh, with a product that otherwise would not have existed if this program didn't exist. Yeah, and he fulfills kind of the same mission that we're all about, which is trying to contribute to the community. You're getting a double slice of it when he contributes his proceeds from that to those organizations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned the Newton book. That was kind of a a forerunner. We we didn't realize we were stumbling on a formula there, but what that ended up leading to smack dab in the middle of the pandemic is the city of Hickory wanting to do a similar book for their sesquicentennial, Hickory Then and Now. Yes, the uh, city of Hickory approached us um, to do the book because they had seen a copy of um, the Newton Then and Now book brought to their attention by the aforementioned Leroy Lale, Mm -hmm. who had told them that you should do something like this. And uh, gosh, was it it fourth quarter of 2019 we met the first time? It was, yeah. And everything else after that was always either via Zoom or wearing masks or just horrific, you know, (laughs) pandemic mess that got in the way of, of, uh, of us being able to get together on that book. But we wound up getting it in on time, and it's a it's a handsome product. And actually, it's it's a wealth of riches that we got in there because, uh, given the fact that uh, the city wanted to do a hardcover version, we were limited to our page count. So we ended up with more material than we could stuff into the book, which meant there were subsequent releases. Yes, absolutely. One of the great things about this program is the think tank aspect of it. Um, we can pretty well try to think about products that come in and projects that come in to see like what aspects that can come from them. And some of the stuff had gotten cut out of the Hickory book, uh, a lot of history that was written, uh, some photographs that some of the students had taken. There wasn't room for some of those. So we just thought, why not create a couple of extra products? So we've got the big coffee table book, which is, you know, a really nice item. But there's a nice six-by-nine trade paperback that's got the complete history in it, all the stuff that had to be left out of the hardcover. And we've done a small version of the student photographs of Hickory then and now. And uh, so there's three products that you can collect, and that's what we sell every time we go out to, to, to sell them at presentations. People will say, well, just give me all three. <laughs> Might as well have all three because it doesn't overlap. It's, it's completely brand-new information in each one of them, so... And that works really well in terms of being able to get material out to the public that they might not otherwise see. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we were able to do that, uh, to go back to the polio book, able to do that when we put uh, QR codes in there for some of the things, some of the um, sound bites that were left out of the documentary. So, you know, you blend those two. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we, we've also, and this is a bit of a surprise to me, that we got into poetry in as big a way as we have, but you've really been leading that effort and, and finding all these poets that um, Western North Carolina is rich in. The pandemic scared me, okay? It scared me not only from the fact that, you know, I didn't want to get sick, I didn't want anybody that I cared for to get sick and, and pass away or anything, but at the same time, I didn't want my program that we are involved in to get sick. And I didn't want it to go away either. So while we were all locked up, uh, we had already started on one book of poetry, uh, A Place Where Trees Had Names by Les Brown, a a former college professor from Troutman, North Carolina. And unfortunately for Les, the day his book came out, the day that UPS delivered his copies and our copies to sell was the day that um, 
Dr. Henshaw and the rest of the school and all of the public shut down, and we went home. So as we worked on the Hickory Then and Now book, I just thought, I just can't work on this book, this one book. I've got to have some other things. I've got to keep myself busy, keep my mind off of this mess. But at the same time, I need to create product for this program that will not entail me having to go out and beat the bushes for it. This is before Patty came on. And you can't go meet people. You can't go to poetry readings. You can't go out and sell books. So I just started soliciting poets. You got a book that a poetry uh, publisher turned down? Let's publish it. Let's look and see what we can do with it. And uh, I don't even know how many. 30 poetry collections later. And I'm I'm joking. (laughs) I I don't know if it's 30. But, you know, at one point we were asking them, bring us your tired, your hungry, your collection that hasn't been published. And now they're tracking us down. Um, we've got quite the reputation, Richard, of, of publishing local authors as well as statewide. Once again, we got a wealth of riches we, yeah, we, we didn't know was there. When we asked for this, I guess be careful what you ask for, you'll get it, because we've, we've gotten kind of an avalanche of uh, great poets, some who have come to us directly, some. Um, there's the one from the Adventure Bound Books contest in Morganton that we got. Kara Freeman from mm-hmm. Morganton. Um, we were asked to become judges for the Adventure Bound Bookstore in Morganton's annual poetry collection, and we said as a as a prize, we would publish the winner. We figured it would just be a chat book and maybe a vanity book for Kira Freeman, but it turned out to be such a sensational collection. Robert said, "You know what? We're gonna. This is ISBN worthy." So we published it, and um, we're real proud of that. Yeah, that 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 also happened with uh, with Angela and Adventure Bound Books' first uh, fiction collection too of short stories called Animal Eyes and Other Stories by Elizabeth DeVito. Uh, I read those and was knocked out by them, and I said, like, instead of just printing you know twenty of these and giving them to you as a prize, let's just publish it and make it available to everybody. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of like that. If I like it, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Well, you figure if you like it. Other people will like it. I hope so. And we're getting poets from not just the area or North Carolina. We've got uh, Sharia from Pittsburgh. We've got Jake Young from Santa Cruz. Uh, Carolyn Reeves from Philadelphia. Uh, Bart from Pittsburgh as well. I I mean, our reputation's kind of getting out there. So it's been fun to see these artists and authors um, fulfilling their duties during COVID. I'm sure it's been a... um, a, an interesting time to have to write. And Bart Solarchik's book you mentioned was a was a fantastic uh, project. What we did with Bart's book was we put together uh, four classic chapbooks that he had released uh, the previous four or five years. That basically, uh, for you listeners out there, a chapbook is usually just a small, short, little twenty-five or thirty pages, if it's that. Uh, maybe a hundred copies, if it's that. And usually no one ever sees them. But Bart's poetry is very interesting. He's a man of age, but he, and he's a man of, of the world. So we cobbled together four of his chapbooks and put it into a book called Classic Chapbooks by Bart Solarchik. And uh, we just we sold a lot of them. And it gave a poet uh, some notice that at the time in his life he really needed it. He really needed that thing that made him feel like he was uh, 
he was still here. Where because COVID and, and the lockdown caused a lot of people of age to feel invisible because you're locked down, you don't get to see anybody, you couldn't go anywhere, and that's one of the things that Bart really thrived. It helped him it helped him through that. You know, timing is everything, right? Exactly. Sometimes for and sometimes against. But uh, and it's always great to have your work to see people read your work and either enjoy it or argue with you about it or, you know, just, just to get a reaction is important. But I want to get to the to uh, Angeline Adventurebound Books. She's just one of a number of partners that we have in case you want to, this has piqued your interest and you want to see well, what is the catalog of it. How can people do that? We have our catalog online. So you can go to redhawkpublications.com and you'll be able to see all of the books and even buy them online. You could even download our catalog, which will have all of the books in there and a brief uh, synopsis of each title. But in addition, we we do have the retail opportunities locally. Um, While we don't have a brick-and-mortar store just dedicated to our titles, we do have a lot of partners in the area, including Tasteful Beans, which is in downtown Hickory. Scott Owens is a poet and instructor at LR University and also um, he's been very generous in giving us a little real estate to sell many of our books, especially our poetry collections. And he's one of our poets as Mm -hmm. well. So his work is now published through Red Hawk. We've also got uh, a couple of other outlets, Hen and Chicken Papers, uh, who was great about uh, offering the uh, Hickory book, as was Viewmont Pharmacy. And um, who else? Uh, Even some out of the local area, like Malaprops up in Asheville has a few of our books, right? Yeah, and City Lights, which I believe is in Silva. Silva, Silva. that's it's in it. Silva. Silva. Yeah, it's out there. But yeah, they're carrying some of our poems, <laughs> poetry collections, because some of our poets live in that Murth- Murphy area. Brenda Ledford with Blanche and uh, uh, Lyra, the book Lyra by uh, Mary Rickardson. Yes, yeah. I wanted to pronounce her name correctly, so I didn't yeah. want to five it up. And you're all the time coming across events where authors will talk about their work and you can buy their product there. But uh, I guess the website's the the best place to do that. It is. And and many of our authors, when they do their signings and when they do their book launches, they'll have books there ready to sell. And we we like to promote those events, of course. But when that event is over and you want access to the book, our website certainly helps. And ladies and gentlemen, an announcement. When you put in redhawkpublications.com in Google, you will also get directed to the page that is our CVCC landing page. If you land on the CVCC landing page, that's not a retail page. You'll need to go to the one that's below that in Google to get to our uh, commerce page. And you'll notice it because it will have a landing page that talks about, you know, what's on sale and whether things have free shipping. And then you kind of scan below it and you'll find a feature page that will introduce you to all of our products. And quite frankly, if you go to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you'll see us just at hashtag Red Hawk Publications and you won't get lost. You'll find us. Patty is the queen of the tiny Earl. <laughs> tiny URL. So she'll give you a tiny URL to help get you there. And so that gives you an idea of the things that we've, we have published in the past. What we want to do next time is to give you an idea of what the process is like to kind of school you on if you are thinking of submitting or you just want to know how this process works. We'll tell you then. And you can keep in mind, too, that it's not just books. 
It can be, you know, we have created prototypes for people who have ideas for card games, board games, uh, all kinds of products. We've done one-offs on uh, specialized books that people have gotten grants for. We've helped them manage their grants to get the utmost out of their their grant money. So all kinds of artistic ideas that you can think of, we are interested in, in looking at and talking with you about. And there will be an upcoming episode just on what we do for faculty and staff. So if you're an instructor, teacher, um, let us know what we can do for you. And certainly, like I say, in an upcoming podcast episode, we'll discuss the rich publishing that we're doing for um, academics. Yeah, it's a lot about the creative economy, what creatively people can do, but it's also about instruction because that's part of our mission here. And not just on this campus. Any instructor anywhere who has an idea that they think would serve educational purposes within the classroom, we're interested in talking to you. Including K-12 through teachers uh, of all kinds, uh, up uh, higher education, it does not matter. Um, we can help you put together those scaffolding items that you need to, to create in bulk to get to your students. So we'll have that all coming up. We're glad that you joined us for this first one, and we will have more, including a lot of our authors as they are publishing, and anyone that we think that you need to hear about that could uh, help you become more conversant with the area in one way or another. It's art, it's history, it's memoir, it's anything. And it's all right here on Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. <laughs> Red Pub Pod. That's yes. a tricky one. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to... Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. A podcast from Red Hog Publications. <laughs> <laughs>